Hi, I'm Adam Blank. My definition of relentless is picking a goal, a target, a dream, and spending every day chasing it, never knowing if it's ever actually going to happen. You have no proof, but you've got the belief in your heart that you're going to get there someday. That's what it is to be relentless. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Relentless Podcast. I am Kyle Dubay. On today's podcast, we are excited to have a good friend of mine and a unbelievable stand-up comedian named Adam Blank. On this podcast, we really try to explore everything about being relentless. And to be a stand-up comedian, I actually believe you have to be relentless. But the thing about Adam is he's not just a stand-up comedian. He's so much more. Adam, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, buddy. And I, I would say I, I, I want to praise your being relentless because you've been trying to make this show happen since before you launched the show, I think. You and I were talking about yes. this. And there's been countless times we've scheduled it and then rescheduled it. And then, and so I'm, I'm thank you for not leaving me alone. I'm grateful for well, your uh, patience. Some people would call me annoying. Some would. I wouldn't because you, you sign checks for me. <laughs> so I think you're fantastic. You're making it sound like you're getting paid to be on this podcast. Yeah, I am not. I, this is not paid promotion. No. Uh, this is that we even removed the labels from the bottled water here <laughs> to make did. sure we didn't give anyone promotion. We did Nobody no no promotion. promotion at all, none except for you, except for me, and you can use services who That's I right. work for, who essentially produces this, of pays course. for all this. Yeah, and you know what? No, this was a thing where you're a busy guy, and we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about why you're a busy guy. Yeah, um, one is stand up comedy, and then also you are a Big podcaster. That's what I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll go. All right. Yeah. Take it. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. I am. I uh, so I am a comedian, and then I do. I started a podcast, uh, June July of 2018 about video games, uh, and I just started it because I wanted to learn how to. Like you have such a great, nice setup here with all these professionals. Uh, I I was just uh, in my spare bedroom with an old microphone and I just wanted to see how to edit audio and I never thought anyone would listen to my show and now four and a half years later that's actually my primary career is podcasting and then and I do I, comedy I, I, on the I side. Want to see, listen we're going to get into that later yeah okay so stop trying to railroad the show got it but I, I'm <laughs> going to read the tweet that you literally put out an hour before you got here not the one about the air quality no <laughs> no okay good it's right. uh and I'm not going to use the swear word you're allowed to swear on this, Adam. Okay. I want you to know that, but okay. I'm not. I'm going to try not to. I'll my, try not to too. Then my wife gets mad. At I'll me. be good. So it's uh, uh, Adam Blank, and it says it's a big day for my little podcast. Never ever let someone tell you you can't do something. Put in the work. Be humble. Appreciate those that help and support you. And I'm going to say what you said and ride the f-ing slide. Ride the slide because. Your podcast, one of them, because I think you have 27 of them that you do. <laughs> so the one podcast that you do is called Remember the Game, yep. which is about 1970s football. <laughs> yeah, <And> yeah. <laughs> it, oh, no. No, wait. There, you know what? I got to back you up because I know it's, you're joking, but like there is a podcast about old sports games. Like called Remember the Game, but oh. they're all long defunct. Okay, so Remember so, the Game, your podcast is actually That's about, not me. No, this one's about 80s NHL. That's right. So it's about about the oil, like Stanley Cups and all. Yeah. Actually, it's not. It's about video games. It's about video games. Yeah. Remember the Game, Remember the which game. is a video game. And what you put on that uh, little tweet Twitter thing today was, uh, when I started Remember the Game, Four and a half years ago, I never thought we'd get to two thousand downloads. Today we hit two million. Yep. That is amazing. Thank you. That is huge. Yeah. So unreal. that's actually become kind of your primary job. It is. Yeah, I do. Comedy has become like my uh, my side hustle. It's why Moonlight as a comedian, I get to. It's it's. I spend. Uh, I work like a. I put about fifty hours a week into my podcast. Wow. And then I 
I do comedy on the weekends when I can get a good booking. But wow. that's it. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's. Uh, you know what? We talked all about that. Let's back up a little bit. Let's sure. let's let's go to your roots, Adam Blank. Let's if do that's it. your name. Let's. Um, you. You're based in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, yeah. but you're not originally from here. No, no. I'm, I'm an Army brat. So okay. uh, I'm from Ontario. And then, uh, you know, we, I lived in uh, – I'm not going to say all the places I lived, but I lived in Ontario till grade one, Nova Scotia for a year, then Calgary, then Cold Lake, Alberta, and now to Edmonton. So I've been I've been everywhere. Yeah. So, But I've lived in Edmonton since 2002. Okay. Uh, so, like, this is – for all intents and purposes, this is home. Like, yeah. this is where I'm from. And your family still lives here? Yep. Yeah. Yep. What's their real last name? <laughs> I can't. I'm not telling you. You don't want to tell. No one's ever going to know. Blank's no. always just going to. We're going with that forever. Might as well. So, right? yeah, until right into them. So, you're here. You are 20 years old. Uh, young Adam Blank. Yep. You're figuring life out. And when did you get into stand up comedy? How old were you? 32. Okay. But you didn't just decide at 32, hey, you know what? I'm going to stand on a stage. I'm going to tell jokes. Well, I go out kind of. I kind of. Really? Yeah, well, okay. So, yeah, like. Uh, I've always wanted to try. I'm not the world's biggest stand-up buff. All the other comedians give me a hard time because I don't watch comedy like the rest of them. I don't watch all the specials. I'm not. I just, I just find it fascinating. And uh, all my life, I just, I didn't want a job. You know what I mean? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I want to work. I like working, but I hate working for people. I, right. my girlfriend thinks I have a little bit of defiance disorder. I'm not anti-authority. Like, I'm pro-police and you know laws and yeah. you know. But I, but I hate being told what to do. I hate being told what to do. So I've always wanted to work for myself, but I'm not smart enough to run like a. A business, you know, and and uh, I always just thought of comedy. My girlfriend and I would go to the clubs once in a while and get drunk, and I think like I could, I know I could do that. And everyone that goes to comedy clubs, so many people think that. Yeah. And so, but I really thought that I was like, that's the, I don't, I'm not good at sports. I'm not big. I'm not athletic. I can't draw. I can't sing. I can't play. Instrument, I can't do anything. But I can talk. And I was like, I know I could do that. And uh, it almost was kind of just uh, January of uh, 2016. I was 32 years old. I hated my day job. And it was kind of on a whim. I decided I'm going to try stand-up tonight. And I went down to Yuck Yucks. And uh, they couldn't put me on that night, but they put me on the amateur night the week after. And so I had five days to write a set. And, and it, you had never done it before? Never. So no. I didn't know that about your story. I thought no. you were doing this in your 20s. And then when you were 32, you're like, you know what? I'm going to quit my job. You had literally never done this. Never. I just decided to try it just to see what would happen. <laughs> and I and my friends, I, and I made the rookie mistake. Anyone listening to this is an aspiring comedian, don't bring your friends to your first set. Right. Because you're going to suck. And they're all going to laugh at you. And yeah. I made the mistake of bringing all my friends. And to this day, the, they'll be like, oh. Is that the point, though, that you want them to laugh at you? No, no but they're no, going to, oh, yeah, no, yeah. No, the mean it. laugh. Okay, yeah, and the mean and laugh. to this day, they'll argue that I did well, but it was it was bad. It is interesting what you said earlier about, like, so many people sit in the crowd and like, I could do that. Yeah. So I might be top seven funniest guys you've ever met in your life. You don't know that yeah. yet, but I, but I probably am. Yeah, and yet, I would never in a million years think to myself I could do that because I actually and I've talked about it a little bit on this podcast with Willie Hannigan that was on yep. here I'm going to have some other comedians I think it's one of the most difficult jobs in the world because essentially you have to sit down you have to use your brain I think comedians are geniuses because they take these things that they look at in the world they, they just look at it through this lens that is so phenomenal and then they got to write it then they stand up and they tell people and they hope they laugh I just think it's it's ballsy I think it's hard I think it's tough so I would never do that but at 32, you thought, oh. Yeah, I just, like, I mean, admittedly, when I tried it at 32, I didn't think it'd be my job someday. I just thought, like, I'm going to try it and see what happens. And I went up and did it, and I, I didn't do that well. Uh, but the comedians were really nice, and I got off stage, and the staff at Yuck Yucks was like, hey, you can come back and do that again, you know, if you want to. And uh, so I did. I was like, I went back a couple weeks later and tried it again. I think I did. I have a, I have, uh, I'm, an, I'm a stats nerd. I have an Excel sheet at home 
with every set I've ever done, going back to my very first set. I know exactly how many sets I've done every month, everywhere I've gone. The first month I did it, I did four sets. And it was two at Yuck Yucks and two at a bar, uh, the Druid here at Edmonton. And, um, and then the second month I did like three sets. And it was just like something I was just, you know, I was like, I'm going to go out and just make an ass of myself on stage tonight. And then uh, I'll never forget, a couple of months in, uh, Celeste Lampa, she's a comedian here at Edmonton. Yep. She's, a, oh, she's like my hero. She was the first comic that came up to me and said, hey, would you like to come do a spot on my show? And I was like blown away that someone thought I was funny enough to let me be on their show. And uh, if she ever sees this, like I've told her before, like you changed my life because that gave me so much confidence. And then the ball just started rolling. And 10 months later, I started in January when I was 32. And then on October that year, I uh, walked out of my day job to try to be a comedian and uh, got lucky, I guess. I just got lucky. So 10 months later. Yep, 10 months. I just, I started, I wasn't making a lot of money. I just started opening for, see, the thing is, is like, I'm a clean, I can work clean. Right. And, and not a lot of, not, I want to say not a lot of comics can, but like, about, I would say half comedians don't work clean. And uh, so let's explain what that means. So for, sure. for, for the listener that doesn't know, because we have, I think we have nine listeners. Okay. So for the listener that doesn't know, <laughs> yeah. Um, that means that you're not swearing and the jokes aren't dirty. They're like PG, PG-13, PG. Okay. you know, yeah. So, uh, and I, and I, I like that kind of humor. Like that's just, as, I've always liked that type sure. of humor. Uh, so I started getting a, a couple of chances to open for some known headliners around the city at, you know, Christmas parties and corporate events where you had to work clean. Cause I was one of the comedians that had five to 10 minutes of clean material. And right. I was making like a hundred bucks a show. Right. Um, certainly not enough to live off. But every day I went to my job, I hated it just a little bit more. And I won't name the company, but I always, I, it's no joke, I worked in a box factory. It's no joke, I worked in a box factory and I hated it. And uh, I was two months away from getting a Christmas bonus from them. And I was just miserable at that job. And I had a really bad day there and I talked to my girlfriend and she said, you know, I'm just quit. And I'm 32, we have a more, we just bought our first house. Uh, and she was like, no, just quit. So I, I walked out. They came back from doing something and we're like, where's Adam? And they're like, he left. And, uh, and I never went back hmm. and, and I just started doing comedy. And then, uh, I went to, uh, some, I used to work when I was in my twenties, I worked at a sports memorabilia store in Edmonton, Pro-Am Sports. Yeah. I am going to plug them. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I worked for them back in my twenties and I went to them and said, do you guys need any seasonal help? I just need a part-time gig while I'm doing these comedy sure. gigs. And, uh, they brought me on and I worked there for about eight months part-time. They were so accommodating. Anytime I needed time off, they were like, yeah, yeah go, go. Um, and then about eight months after I walked out. <laughs> Can we edit that out? You know what we'll do? Can we'll, we leave it in? It'll go beep. Yeah, that's perfect. It'll yeah. Go beep. Okay. Okay. About eight months. And then it'll be a mystery. Yes. About eight months after I walked out of there, I uh, I told I told Proam I appreciate you guys, but I'm starting to get busy with comedy. Yeah. I'm out, and that was the last time I had a job. I haven't had a job since. So I just think that's amazing. In the beginning of all this, this is an unorthodox uh, yeah comedy story or Very comedian much. story because you know so many of the guys I talk to it's just this big grind for oh, years yeah. and years and years and years and and then they kind of pop off a little bit and they do that yeah yours is a grind though you still had to grind this oh I out. yeah I I dude I'll tell you right now like I don't care what anyone, like anyone that says I didn't pay my dues. Uh, can go ah, themselves. Right. I, I paid my dues. Right. But you're right. A lot of comics start when they're 18, 19. By the time they're 32, they've been doing this for 14, 15 years, right? right. I'm, I was a baby. The That eight months that I had a day job, the 10 months where I had a day job and I was also doing comedy at night, uh, my day job hours were 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. Mm. And so I'd go out all night, do the open mics. I'd sleep for four or five hours. Go to I used to sleep in my car on my lunch break because wow. I, I had to get out every night and get on the stage and yeah. try to come up with material and stuff. Um, and then I went on the, I have done some hell gigs, man. I've been on the road. I've made no money. I've made little money. I've come home losing money. 
Um, I, I paid my dues, but I, I got, yeah, I, so most many, comics start young. I've heard many comedians, even like the big, big, biggest names. I just heard Steve Martin talking about this on a, on a podcast, on the Howard Stern podcast. This was years ago, but talk, I just saw a clip of it where he's talking about, you know, he used to go and get paid $250 and it would cost him $300 yep. to get to the show. Yep. So that's the thing is what people don't understand. And a lot of people that I talk to because of the shows that we do, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, sure. um, they're like, oh man, stand-ups must make so much money. <laughs> no, they don't. If you, dude, I, the first the first time I ever got paid to do stand-up, I won twenty five dollars on a at a contest. It's a it was a contest where it's like an eight comic tournament, and you have to come up with jokes on the fly based on topics the crowd gives you. And at the end of the eight man tournament, the bracket, the winner gets twenty five dollars, and I won. And the host, my buddy Ryan, the comedian, went, "Is that the first time you've ever gotten paid?" And I said, "Yeah." And he was like, "Don't quit your day job." Yeah. <laughs> it was twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks, dude. For the first couple of years, I didn't even ask how much a gig paid. If you called me and were like, "Hey, Adam, I got a gig in North Battleford, Saskatchewan. You want to come?" I'm like, "Yep." But that's also because you were pursuing it. Yeah. Right. That's how you learn. Um, that that to me is is where you learn. That's you know we've I've I've had other comedians as well that we've talked to. That's where you're building your craft. That's where you're learning how to write jokes, how to the timing of it all, yep. the structure, like all that stuff. Yeah. But one thing that I love about your comedy, which you obviously were good at this type of stuff prior to going into stand up, and the, I love this type of comedy, is you love crowd work. Love crowd work. Yeah. You Make, love working off whatever's happening in the room at the time with yep. the people that are there, which is a skill that is completely different than. Sitting down, sure. writing jokes, doing that, having these bits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So talk about that. Yeah. I so like my first few years, all I did was write. And uh, when I started, I was the guy that just made fun of his girlfriend. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> if, for anyone that doesn't know, I have a, a lazy eye. My my right eye goes wherever it wants. Yeah. And I know, um, I'm having a hard time. Even I believe you. Like I'm staring you right at your now. logo while I, I talk. It's, it's I know it's, it's very it's it's listen, intimidating. That must be hard for you. So frustrating for me. I believe you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, one of the comics was like, dude, you need to own your eye on stage. He's like, people can see it. Yeah. You got to start leaning into it. Yeah. And I'll tell you, man, the first time I did a joke about my eye, it was like the 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 ice broke on stage, and I was like, dude, nobody cares. People think it's funny. It's no different than like if you're if you're a heavy comedian, you make fun of yourself for being heavy. Yeah, you're saying you that know just anything goes. You just, like I'm, you're talking, you're bringing fat stuff. I'm trying to me. help you. I know, but <laughs> so so self-deprecating stuff, I actually find hilarious. Me too. It's I think my it's hilarious. Me too. Um, but then after a few years, I uh, I started open for a guy, Mike D'Ambro, comedian out of Edmonton. He's from New York. Uh, he works in Edmonton a lot, he, and he's the crowd work king. The dude's a beast at yeah. crowd work and i just admired what he did and i was like i'm gonna start I, i'm gonna try doing that i'm gonna try. and i and the first time i did it i was like dude this is i explained it to people it's it's like it, it's it's the adrenaline it's like standing in the door of a plane and i don't know if the shoot's gonna open when you're doing the jokes that hit nine out of ten times you're like this shoot opens 90 percent of the time right when i go up there dude when you bring me on stage when someone brings me up right now i have no idea what i'm gonna say yeah and that that's what i live for is that adrenaline and i have so much more fun and so that's how that's just it's just me. Some comics think crowd work's hacky and lazy because you won't sit down and write jokes, and uh, they're entitled to their opinion. But I would say if you think that what I do is lazy, then Try come it. do it. Try it. I you love know. it. I, you know, we. How about this? Let's talk about how you and I met. Yeah. Um, I saw you open uh, for Andrew Gross. Yeah. And went to this show, and there's this Adam Blank guy there, and I. I'll be honest with you. I'm trying to think how many years ago that was. Would have been in twenty. I think it was twenty nineteen. Would have yeah. Would have been well before the Tw- pandemic. Twenty nineteen. Anyway. Yeah. And because you played our tenth anniversary, you can use services comedy nights. Yep. For for all the information, listen to the ad that'll be on the podcast later as I do my radio voice. 
I was, I was looking at you guys before I came up, and I'm like, dude, there must be money in dirt, because you guys look nice. Hey, folks, do you like to laugh? Who doesn't like to laugh? The UCAN comedy nights are a ton of fun. And do they ever make you laugh? Listen, our next UCAN comedy nights happen in March 2023. If you want all the details on how you can support our incredible organization, UCAN Youth Services, go to our website for more details. That is at UCANComedy.ca. And you can find out all about our shows, our comedians, who's coming in, and all the ways that you can come out and support us. We look forward to having you there. And uh, why don't you come and have some laughs supporting the serious work that we do at UCAN Youth Services. And now, back to the show. Swish. So I see you at this thing, and I, me and the people I brought, because um, I try to go to different comedy shows here and there, obviously. And truthfully, I'm trying to seek out talent, too, for our shows. Our big, huge fundraiser that we do, I'm always trying to get good talent. And I was blown away by you. I think you did, you did I 10, 10 15? Minutes. Yeah, 10 minutes. It was, was just like, the opening I was act. like, who the heck is this guy? So find out, reach out, we talk. You come and do my 10th anniversary show. Um, I think you, you would have done 20. Yeah. I think we gave you 20. Yeah, about 20 minutes, yeah. You destroyed. Thank you. Destroyed. And it was at the River Creek, 650 people. Yeah. You were so jacked up. I remember you. See, we talked the next day because I'm very relational, and you yep. guys probably all the comedians I think think that I'm weird. Because then we I do. Call, yeah. Because yeah. then I cause, yeah. Because then I call and I like yeah. I'm encouraging, and I'm like you. You're just so good. And well, I wouldn't answer the door. You kept banging on my front door. True. I was like, Kyle, yeah. go away. How'd we you get this address? You're, 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 you're so you started calling, and I'm on the window. But we talked, and you told me about your logbook. Yeah. And you said that I think at the time that was one of your bigger shows yep. and one of the best shows you'd ever done, which yep. made me proud yep. because, you know, helping produce it. But then that's where it all took off for us. Yeah. yeah you've was, been doing my shows ever since. Yeah, I've been following you around ever since. It's it's wild. It's funny because, yeah, that was, to this day, that might be, it was at the tent in River Cree, the tent. Yeah. And, like, I've seen, I saw Bill Burr there. I've seen mm. Roseanne Barr there. Mm. Oh, and then well, I, I saw MC Hammer there, which was one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my nice. life. It was incredible. Uh, and then I got to perform there. And I was like, this is the sickest thing. And I, I remember going out onto that stage, and it was so big. I was used to doing bars for 30 people. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I just don't want to screw this up. And I had so much fun. And then to find out that you were happy with it. I wasn't, honestly, I was like, maybe he's just trying to be polite. Maybe he's like, well, that kid sucked. I'll never bring that kid back. But then you just started, we started working together we after that. And together. I started learning about you, Ken. And I was like, this is... This is what I want. This is what I want to do. This is what I want my comedy career to be. Right. I don't care about getting on television. I don't care about getting famous. I I, I do a lot of work with animal shelters. I do a lot of you know not for profits. A lot of like uh, f- sports fundraisers. Um, I offer uh, the best rates I can to those types of organizations. Um, I I would rather do th- this. Means so much more to me than the charity stuff. Yeah, it does. Because yeah. I feel so lucky. I I know you're gonna get mad at me because every time I say this, you're like, "Oh, comedians are so important." And like, yes, I know that we provide a service to society. We make people happy. But I also know that when the zombies come, the first thought isn't gonna be, "Where are the comedians? We need to keep them safe." <laughs> They're gonna be like, "We're eating the comedians. We need to protect the doctors and the and the people okay, that can turn on power." Okay, now you're taking away my thunder of how I like to end the podcast with comedians, where I put well, tires. And that's I how I how important I knew are. it too. I. <laughs> No, because you listen to another one. Yes, and you heard me say. No, it. And I. Trying, and I <laughs> but, but you to do. But you say it to me every time. I do say it to you, and the thing is, Adam, the reason I say it truthfully is because it's an important job. Sure, but 
I still feel so like I do so many comics have never I'm had real jobs. I'm not saying you're as important as a doctor. Well, but I'm <laughs> saying it's important. So many comics have never had a real job. Like they started comedy when they're 18. You know, they've they've flipped burgers and stuff. But it and is a real job. I, it, damn right it is. And that's what I'm saying is like, dude, I've driven forklifts out in the cold, and I've I've done the hard jobs. So I'm so appreciative of what I do for a living. That I'm like, if there's something I can do that's good with it, sure. Well, I get to have fun and have this great job, sure. That's what I want to do with it. it realistically, what it comes down to, and, and in some ways, my job's like that. Where I there's days, Adam, where I'm like, I'm getting paid for this. Yeah, and I'm not talking about the podcast. Um, sure. I'm talking about my job in general. Executive yeah. director, you serving agency. We we help vulnerable young people move out of harm's way onto a path of economic independence. Yeah. There, I plugged it. And for more information, go to www.ucan.ca to donate. But I get paid to do that, yeah. and it's unbelievable. Yeah. You probably feel the same way some days. Absolutely, man. Because it's, it's got to feel good to get off that stage going. You, you just talked about the River Creek. The, sh- the first show you did for me, 2020, our 10-year anniversary, and that must have felt unreal getting off that stage going, look what I just did. It was unreal. Yeah, it was the best. It was like, anytime, it, dude, even when I suck, even when I bomb, so even if I could bomb in front of four people, right? And when I walk off stage, I'm like, "That was the <laughs> coolest thing in the world." Like, mm-hmm. did you, I'm like, like I, I, I don't mean to sound arrogant, but I have that chip on my shoulder. And I'm like, "Y'all see that?" And people are like, "You just bombed," and I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, I did." Yeah. Like, I just love being people. Up there. Though, people won't believe you're corporate clean because that's the ninth f word. I know, say. I know. Like, slow down on the f words. You said I didn't have to. No, I said you could. Oh. I didn't say like, let's pretend. All right, we're, well then start we're in the mob. Well, from like you're New paying York. for this. Start working the bleep button. Okay. <laughs> no, but the point is though, like. I just I, I I always feel like that. I'm like I'm so lucky to do this. But when I can do it, and like, you know, I'll talk to an animal shelter we did a show with, and they're like, dude, we raised five thousand dollars. I love animals. I like animals more than people. Yeah. When I find that out, I'm like, that's awesome. You tweet a lot about your dog. I, and love, I love my dog. I love it. I love. Animals. I love my dog. Too. You can, you know, like I I've worked with big brothers, big sisters for years before I got into stand up. Like I'm a big believer yeah. in that kind of stuff and supporting youth. And yeah, stuff you're like a community that. guy. I am very you're much a volunteer guy. You know, give yeah. back. Mm-hmm. I feel like if everyone just like I'm not saying I'm a saint like I can be a real jerk but Absolutely. like if everyone in society just gave a little bit back and just tried a little bit to help each other like the world would be such a better place. You and I have had a bit of some talks about this because some of the folks that we brought let's name drop some of the comedians we brought on. Sure. Um because um you uh, a guy named Sean Lacomber, yeah, who's gonna come on this podcast. I hope if he ever agrees to, because he's always like, he always goes, "What am I gonna talk yeah, about?" Yeah, he's dude. Sean Lacomber is. We call him. He's the captain of Edmonton comedy. Yeah, everyone in the Edmonton comedy scene looks up to Sean. Yeah, we all respect him. When he talks, we all listen. Yeah, and he is the most humble. Oh, I suck. I know what he wants, but he me. really is the voice of reason. He's incredible and unbelievable writer. Yeah, he's unbelievable on stage, stage everything. Uh, but him, you, and actually Graham Neal, who yep. you know, yep. um, used to be the entertainment guy at CTV. Now he's an instructor at Nate, all that. But he does stand-up comedy as well. He's got a production company. You three guys, um, and now it's it's really it's most of you, and then Dino at the comic strip, yep. who is just very influential on on the, the work we're doing now. Yep. We have been bringing in some awesome comedians. Uh, Kelly Taylor. Beast. Fantastic. Beast. You cannot do a show in Saskatchewan. Anywhere, without being asked if you know Kelly. Yeah, Taylor. you know Kelly Taylor. Yeah, everybody, you know everybody. You know Kelly Taylor. You're like, hey, you were great, but have you ever seen Kelly Taylor? Right. Doesn't matter how good. I could get a standing ovation walking out of a town in Saskatchewan, and people are like, that was almost as good as Kelly Taylor, and it's yeah. true. Yeah. He's because he's a beast, and he's a great guy. Last year we had Derek Sagan, killer, uh, killer. unreal. Yeah. Uh, this year, in 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 for our shows that are coming up right away, we've got Ian Bag. 
who is a crowd work guy. Yeah. Killer. Yeah. Uh, the next week we've got Tim Nutt. Beast. And like the best guy in the world. We we've got Kevin Stobo middling. Ugh. Dude, you know what that is? Having Kevin Stovo middle, like, as the opening act on your comedy show. Remember before you and I were talking about, um, like, Pearl Jam opening for you, too? Yeah. That's Kevin Stovo <laughs> yeah. opening a comedy yeah. show. He is yeah. just a saint. It's, he, and he's a, he's so, but the thing that I like about all these folks that we're talking about is that they're really good human beings. Yeah. Everyone that I just mentioned. And there's other ones as well. Sure. They're all really good human beings. And we're going to talk about this a little bit, and we're not going to mention any names. We're not going to go all hardcore on it. But you and I have had many conversations about how the comedy world can be quite cutthroat. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It. Uh, um, so I'm not really even going to plug it because it's such a side business. But I right before the pandemic started, uh, I, started I, I, I launched AB Comedy, which was uh, – I thought it was so clever because I was like, it's ABC, it's Alberta, it's Adam Blank. Mm -hmm. But it turns out it was a really bad business because everyone that writes a check to it writes ABC comedy instead of AB comedy. And then I need to get checks reissued. But I started it and it was to book my own shows. Um, And it was like 25, 30% because I wasn't getting opportunities to headline and I thought I was ready. But it was like 75%. uh, I have worked with some of the most disgusting people I've ever met in my life. Just horrible people. Great comics, horrible people. And I don't want to. I I was like, if if I have to work with people I don't like, I'll go get a regular job with benefits. Sure. And st- I'm not. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be around that negativity. I don't want to be around these. And you're very open about this. This is why right I brought I it up because yep. some comedians wouldn't want to talk about this. I don't and, care. And you just don't care. I don't care. I'm. I don't care. Actually, that's the wrong way to put it. You do care. That's why you're willing to talk about it. I mean, I care. I care in the sense of like, there's just no reason to treat somebody that way. Right. Like, listen, I'm all for. Uh, initiations you know the idea of like you know like on a sports team the rookies buy dinner like that kind of thing i'm all for that if i'm the opening act and i'm the rookie and you want me to you know buy dinner or or carry your bag or bring you even though you're making 25 bucks for the show yeah and some of them have done that i've gone home losing money because i you know i'm and i i'm like i'll pay my dues i'm fine with that but i'm like there's just we're all we're all just humans and we're all just out here trying to make a living and we're all away from our families and we're all on these horrible drives across the frozen prairies every winter. There's just no reason to treat people that way. And I've worked with comedians where uh, they're paying me, say, 70 bucks a show. Then they're taking 150 of the – say I have three shows. Of that $210, they're taking 150 for gas. Then they're selling T-shirts at these fundraisers. But they're not donating the money from the T-shirts to the fundraiser, but they're implying that they are. They're pocketing it. But I'm not seeing any of it. So yeah. then I'm getting home making no money. And I'm like, there's just – I I won't do it. Yeah. I don't need this. I don't need it. I don't. <clears throat> so I started my own business so that I could pick the comics that I work with and I can work with people I like and I try to pay fairly. None of my comics sell merchandise at fundraisers ever. Because we're there to raise money for your cost. Sure. You've already agreed to pay us a certain amount. That's what we're getting out of this. It just, it just, it sickens me because when you sit there and you, I'm sorry to go on a rant, but when you go to a comedy show and you watch these comedians and we all seem like, you know, the funny, happy guy or the happy girl that you'd want to hang out with at the party. And I know people hear the stories about how comedians are depressed away from the stage and everything. I haven't met a lot of depressed comedians, but I have met some horrible horrible comedians they get a sniff of success their egos explode and now suddenly they think they're the next bill burr or the next you know insert famous comedian that hasn't done anything horrible here and there's just no need for it it's just at the end of the day we're all just people trying to feed our families you know it's a fun job but it's a job and we're all trying to feed our families and i i just i'm so passionate and i'm so 
it gets me really worked up, and I'm I'm fighting the urge to name tell. people. I because I won't name no, people. We, we, I won't we name. We don't people. need to mention names because you know what? At the end of the day, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but but what matters is is how you handle yourself. Yep. What matters is how these other folks that we've just mentioned, when we did mention their names, handled themselves. Yeah. Because, you know, every single one of them that I've dealt with, they're just good. Even, you know what, Dino at, at uh, the comic strip? Dino, to me, is a good dude. He is a good guy. He's done and, a lot for me. Yeah, but for me, he's a good guy. He cares. And he, you know, you told me a couple of Dino stories, which is funny. But he truly does care about the comedians, yeah. right? So for me, it's it's one of these things where I, as you know, love stand-up comedy. I yeah. believe it's very important. I believe it's this thing that actually helps the world. I, I do. Um, I actually believe it shifts culture. I, I believe it's that important. But I also know that without the good guys and girls and, and in this realm, it's just not... We couldn't do what we do with our comedy shows without people like you. Sure. That's the bottom line. I get that. So that's why I love working with you and having you and Lacomber and Dino and some other folks tell me who the good ones are. Yeah. Right? And all those names I just mentioned are good ones. We've had they other are. good ones. Yeah. And we've had a couple bad ones. Sure. Where they did not treat people well Man, at I've, our shows. I've opened for comics at clubs across Canada where I've seen these comics yelling at the staff, yelling at the openers. I've had one, one comedian yelled at me. I was 33 years old and one comedian yelled at me and I told him, if you ever talk to me like that again. And he stopped and he stopped just like that. And I told him, I was like, I'm not an 18 year old kid. Yeah. Like I'm a 33 year old. I'm, yeah. a, I'm an adult. I'm two years younger than you. Yeah. I don't care that you're higher on the, I'll respect your position as a comedian and sure. your hierarchy. The headliner calls the shots. The headliner decides the timing of the show. I'm all for that. But you talk to people like human beings, yeah. you know what I mean? And it just, I don't, there's no HR department in comedy. Yeah. So people can do whatever they want. Yeah. And it just, it just sickens me. So that's one of the reasons I'll work with you guys because I know that you're interested in working with the good people. And, and I try to treat them good. Yeah. Right. Cause essentially, essentially uh, what we do is we produce comedy shows now Yeah. The, with the comic strip. Right. But we do that now. And so let's, let's go positive. Yeah. Let's go positive. We went I'm done. Little, I got my venting we, done. we went to the dark side of comedy. I'm done. Yeah, I feel better now. Do you? If you go through my Twitter, you'll see like some a, of the comments. Was that like a therapy session? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Dude, you know what? Like I dude, I have no filter. I no, I, I have a chip on my shoulder bigger than your head, Kyle. Like I I take no crap. I don't care anymore. It's a huge chip. It's a huge chip. I don't care. Like I Does it I'll have leave... rolls in it like the back of my head? Yeah. Kind of. And it never shuts up. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I just uh to me, there's a difference between like I'm not out here just trying to burn bridges to be a jerk. No, no, it's no. something I'm passionate about. This is my livelihood and this is my business. You, you, listen, your work speaks for itself. Uh, you're not going to burn bridges because you book your own gigs. Yeah, I don't care. And and I think it's I I really do think it's good. Thank you. I think it's good that you speak up. Now let's go positive. Mm -hmm. One of the things that um and, and at the end of this, we're going to talk more about your podcast sure. because I think it's very amazing. One of the things though um that you and I do together is we put on the You Can Use Services Comedy Nights yep. at the Comic Strip, West Edmonton Mall. Rick Bronson's the Comic Strip at West Rick, Edmonton Mall. Yeah. And I am so happy that you played our show in 2020. I was blown away. I then came to you and, and said, you know, are you, because the next one, because of COVID and all that stuff, yeah. we ended up not being able to do another one until 
That would have been in March 2020. We didn't do another one until September 2021, and we ended up doing three of them because of moving to the comic strip, smaller venue. And essentially, Sean LaCombre and I, and then you had some input on saying, let's do three nights, bring in the same. And you decided you were generous enough when I asked you to host all of them. Yep. Now we did six more. You hosted those. We've done another one. We did another one here. We actually headlined for yeah, me. I that did. kind of private one. We have seven more coming up. Do you know that by the end of March 2023, you would have done, well, let's figure that out. Nine, 11, 18 shows for me. That's very, uh, it's very humbling for me because, like, you know a lot of comedians. And uh, there's some great MCs. There's some great comics. And you know them. And that you are willing to keep bringing me back when you know you could bring out new comics and run a whole different expensive ex- or not expensive exciting show oh you're um, expensive i am ex- yeah yeah but that you that you're willing to keep bringing me back every single time is very uh, but here's the reason me. why we do it is one i actually you're a headliner to me thank you and yet you are willing to host my show which means mc it host yeah. it now you don't just do the comedy anymore. You're actually doing the entire thing for me. Yeah. The whole welcome to the comedy nights and all the stuff we do in the beginning. You pull me up on stage. I'd give the propaganda about you can. We bring the young person up. Then you're going to do the comedy part too. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I w- I just wouldn't have anybody else do it. Thank now you. you know maybe in three four years people are going to grow tired of the, of you and I as a combo. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they will. But the the I think the the thing that keeps it fresh with you is that. Because you do crowd work, you're not telling the same jokes every time. Sure. Because I'll bring comedians back. I have brought Kelly Taylor's played my show two or three times, but they're always three or four years later. Yeah. Right? Gives them time to refresh everything and do their stuff. But for you, because of the crowd work, it is just fresh. Yeah. I, which is great. I make it up every I – don't, I don't know what I'm going to say. The energy is awesome. And if you think about this, you have helped us so, so far – raise about three quarters of a million dollars did you know that <laughs> no i had no yeah. idea that's insane so that's a cool thing to me that's phenomenal that's, that's a cool sick. thing to me yeah see that, that makes yeah that yeah. makes me feel good and that's it nice. should yeah it does so let me go back to the importance of being a comedian sure <laughs> our shows are unique as a fundraiser because we do these comedy shows also the scale that we do them on because now we we go big yeah um you know, we, we do – actually, this year we're doing seven nights in March. We're going to have probably fourteen to 1,700 people with all They're always nights. packed. They're like, they're sick. Packed. It's always right. so much fun. They're packed. And it really is turned into this kind of big deal. But they're unique because it's comedy. It's fun. We kind of make – because, I mean, I raise money for a living. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like, I ask just strangers dude, to give money. I think what you do is so much – like, I people talk about how comedy scary. I'm like, dude, I'll go up there for an hour and make up jokes over having to ask people to, to donate beg, money. Beg, that beg sounds so much money. harder. So much harder. No, it's not. So I have much. no shame. Because at, because at the end of the day, I'm not doing it for me. Of course. It's, yeah. It is for these young people that we work with, and Absolutely. that's all that matters. Yeah. Now, the beauty of our relationship is you actually – you really do get what we do. And I you do. believe in it. Yeah, I do. You know? And I think that that's kind of the cool part about our relationship. Yeah. You and I, there's many times that I'll call and we'll just talk and talk and talk about whatever. And, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I always feel supported by you in our endeavors with the comedy stuff. I hope you feel supported by us. Oh, dude. Right? Um, the first couple of times that I talked to you after I did a show and you were being so supportive of me, 
And I would say to I would say to my girlfriend, I was like, I, I appreciate that he's being so kind, but I'm also like, that's what this dude does. Is he like he helps people, you know, find their way and feel good about themselves? And I was like, maybe that's maybe he's just kind of pumping my tires. And then I started realizing I was like, dude, if all this guy is doing is pumping my tires, he is really going out of his way. Like you're so supportive and so kind when you call i actually have to decide whether or not i'm going to answer the phone because i know it's going to be like a 45 minute conversation because no no it's true because i talk a lot well no because so do i that's why like this podcast yeah. is like these guys got to edit this thing down this thing's we've been going for two days like yeah. they're gonna to have to cut this we down did. this so, is yeah. like the thing you do to raise money for <laughs> i was clean song? shaven yeah. when i walked in here so but uh no I, I do i do legitimately believe in the cause and uh you know i don't have any kids i have nieces and nephews and uh, I, I I love them like they're not my they're they're technically my in laws, but I love them like my nieces and nephews. Yeah. And uh, I just I just want the best for. It's a scary world, man. Absolutely. We should be helping the youth. Absolutely. So I think it's a great cause. I'm flattered to be part of it. Okay, we've been pumping each other's tires a lot. Yeah. So let's 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 talk about your podcast. Sure. And it's about video games. Video games. Um, I am not a gamer in any way, shape, or form. Got it. Well, actually, in shape, I probably am. You, you definitely, <laughs> yeah. yeah you like, definitely I look like are. a guy that, that plays. <laughs> but, but any other way, I'm not. I never have been. I remember as a young lad, we got Atari. Yeah. I then remember getting ColecoVision, but we only kept it for a little bit because it was my brother hated the controllers. It was some knob thing. Yeah, yeah. But it was so stupid. Yeah. So then I think we got Atari after that. I remember playing a few games there, and then I don't even remember the the is it Nintendo, Nintendo. with uh, Mario Brothers yeah. and the Mike Tyson Mike Tyson Punch, punch out. out baby. So yeah. I remember those two games, but yeah. we didn't have those. My friends did. Okay. And then I remember going to the arcade at the Village Street Mall in Saint Albert because my brother would go in there and he would play. Uh, was it Kung Fu? Yeah. So he would play that video game, and that's all I ever did. And then we had a Wii when my kids were little sure. and we tried that type of stuff. Yeah. My kids are big into gaming. They love it and all that, but I'm not into it. Talk to me about Remember the Game, the podcast that just hit 2 million downloads. 2 million. It's, uh, it, 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 yeah. Like, so I'm, I'm 39 and, uh, and I don't. You don't look a day over 37. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. My girl, you know, I, you know what I was, never mind. You're right. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, I don't remember a time in my life where I didn't have a Nintendo. Like Super Mario Brothers, right. Mike Tyson's. I don't remember never having one. And uh, as a kid, I got picked on a lot. I was short. My last name is Blank. I have the goofy eye. So it really is Blank. Uh, it is Blank. Oh, I thought that was a I, stage uh, name. I have asthma. I'm not good at sports. I was a kid that got picked on. Right. So I played a lot of video games. And I remember, dude, I remember playing video games as a kid. And people tell me, like, it's a waste of time. Get outside. Do something like that. And now video games, like, not to go on a rant, but video games are bigger than movies, music, yeah. TV. Video games are massive now. Yeah. And uh, I had a podcast that I started right after I started comedy called Adam Wastes Time. And it was just me trying to learn how to edit audio. Nobody listened to it. It was a waste of time. Hence the name. Yeah. Uh, and then I decided, like, what do I really love? And I was like, other, uh, there's, other than my dog and my girlfriend, I don't know if there's anything I love more than video games. They're just my favorite thing. I hope your parents don't listen. Well, they know where they stand okay. in the hierarchy. Okay. So uh, they're the ones that bought me all the games. So I started Remember the Game in 2018 because there's so many, there's a ton of retro video game podcasts, but they're all history lessons. You know, like, oh, well, uh, Mario was invented in 1977 and blah, blah, blah. And they're dry and they're fascinating. But I was like, why isn't there just a <laughs> talking about video games? Like, why can't there just be a normal you know, guy. So that's what I did. I was, and, I, and I was talking to my buddy uh, Chris about it. And I said, remember the game Super Mario World? And I thought, like, that'd be a great name. And so uh, I launched it in summer of 2018. And I actually used to end every episode saying, if you want to come on the show, let me know. Because I never thought anybody would listen to the show. 
And the first year or two, nobody really listened. It was 100 downloads a month. We were just having fun. And then uh, it just started picking up, started picking up. And then when the pandemic hit, comedy died. And I needed something to do. Right. So then I like I quintupled down. I spent a bunch of money upgrading all my equipment. I launched a Patreon where people could subscribe to my show. I launched a second podcast for my Patreons. I started paying for a little bit of advertising. And the ball just started rolling and rolling and rolling. And uh, and we went – this time last year, we were averaging 30,000 downloads a month. And now we average about 160,000 downloads a month. Wow. We had about 300 Patreons last year. This Right now, we have just under 1,500. I do four podcasts a week by myself. Three of them are for my patrons. One is for me. So, and that's okay. So, th- it's just incredible to me that you do all this. The, but that's you do four podcasts a week, but they're different podcasts. Yeah. So you have four different yeah. podcasts. Yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I record a different show every day, and then those shows go live Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But are they Friday. all remember the game? No. No. I do the the rambling idiot on Tuesday where I just talk about whatever I want. And I, I called it that because someone left a review calling me a rambling idiot. Nice. And I loved it, so I embraced yeah. it. Remember the game is every Wednesday. Uh, Expansion Pass is every Thursday. And that's a video game show, but it's like modern video games or like ranking games or whatever. Okay. And then I do a gaming news show game patch every Friday. A gaming what? News. Like all the biggest things that have broken in the last okay. week and stuff. Okay. And like I said, three of them are exclusive to my subscribers. But uh, I, I write, record, edit, upload, promote. I do it all myself. You do everything. Yeah. And that's why I was saying I put about 50 hours a week into writing, recording these shows by myself. And um, But your biggest one is Remember the Game. By a mile. By yeah. a mile. And I just, and I just really – And it, what you do on fun. that podcast, I, because as much as I'm not into them, when we were talking about doing this podcast, I called three people that I knew uh, very well that had podcasts. Mm-hmm. You were one of them. Because I know that this has turned into a full-time gig for it you. It is, a, yeah. We had a, a – a lengthy because we always have lengthy conversations about podcasting. You asked some very good questions and and and, and gave some great tips. And then I and then I went and listened to a couple of your podcasts. What I love about them is that what I did was I listened to one of your first ones and then I listened to I oh, think it God. was like no no no. What's interesting is then I listened to whatever one eighty sure. whatever it was. And you were just what I loved about it is you were you. Yeah. So on that. Second or third one I listened to compared to 180, Adam was Adam. Yeah. And then I really took from that. So I thought uh, on this podcast, I'm going to do my very best to not try to use a radio voice no. and just really. And so this to me was big for me to learn from you on how to do some of this stuff. Now we're lucky we've got this whole production sure. team and we've got, you know, Glenn and Blake and Trevor and Nigel and Rob all behind us. Like it's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's sick. But. I learned a lot from you and a couple of these other people that I talked sure. to. The actual podcast is more, remember the game, like you said, it's not about history. It's, not, it's about the experience of the game. Yeah. So you go back and play these games with your buddies. Yep. And then talk about it. That's all it is. I, every week, I, I kick the show off every week. Uh, every week, a buddy of mine and I sit down and geek out about the games we played back in the day. And that's all it is. And the best review I ever got, somebody said, this is basically Bill Burr talking about video games. Yeah. Uh, which I use in all my promotion material and stuff. And uh, that's all I wanted it to be. And I was—I actually just did a, an episode about this. A lot of big content creators, YouTubers, Twitch streamers, podcasters, they get big and then they do something stupid and they screw it up and they get themselves canceled and they it all falls apart. And I think the reason that happens to a lot of them is because they start out on a lie. They start out pretending some, to be somebody they're not. And then eventually the real them comes out and then they're... they're <laughs> And so uh, I get bad reviews. Some people say I swear too much. Some people say 
Yeah, he we're talks gonna, too we're much. Get that. Yep, I probably you are, but <laughs> I'm like I. I you know what? Which I don't if, care. If I ever get canceled, it's it's just going to be because people are sick. It's not going to be because I'm not me. Yeah. Like, I'm never not going to be me. This is – and again, let me say that I appreciate that about you because every time I talk to you, it doesn't matter if it's at the comedy club, if it's on the phone, if it's here, Adam is Adam is Adam is yeah. Adam. And that, to me, is authenticity. Yeah. Which I love. Um Thank I'm you. attracted to that. I, I like to be around people who are like that. Um Congratulations on this podcasting, man. Thanks, man. It it's, is cool. And I'll tell you, man, if anyone listening to this has ever thought about starting a podcast, I the only piece of advice I would give is, uh, first of all, be yourself. Yeah. And second of all, uh, d- don't don't give up. Comedy, like, to be like, you know, I'm going to get on my soapbox for two seconds here, but, like, comedy changed my life because comedy showed me that, like, if you just work, things can happen. You know, it's like people work out for a week. They haven't lost 20 pounds. They're like, well, this is stupid. And yeah. I've done it. Like, Story of my life. Right? Like, I've been there many times. But, like, comedy, I just kept showing up. And then things started happening. And then the podcast, we were getting 15 downloads a week. But I just kept doing it every week. I was like, this is fun. And even if nothing ever happens with it. And then the ball, dude, all it takes is for that. You just got to get that ball to start rolling. And then once it starts, you see it growing. Like, the snowball going down the hill and growing and growing. And then it becomes, like, it's, it's fun to watch it, see how big it can get. And it's just, don't, don't quit early. You know, like I, you said you went back and listened to one of my early episodes. The first 80 episodes of our show, I call those season one of The Simpsons. Like that was when The Simpsons was like, we don't know sure what we're going to be yet, but we're going to be something. And that's what the show is. It's terrible. But I didn't quit. I just kept going. And that's what I tell people. Just don't, just don't stop. In some ways, I feel like that's our podcast. Like we're, we're, we're figuring out what we're doing. Yeah. We're figuring out kind of who we are, what we want this to be about. And that being said, it's fun. It is. I love yeah. having these conversations with people. Yeah. I love sitting here and talking to you. I love talking to some of the other guests who we've had, most of the other guests, all the other guests we've had, because I just love talking to people. Yeah. And I love hearing their stories. Um, I think your story is awesome. And I Thank think you. it's cool and it's fun. And I think you've been relentless. Thank you. You have been because you've had to be. Yeah. Because you quit your job. <laughs> I sure did. Yeah, I sure did. Uh, you know what? And like some people joke that the only reason it worked for me is because I have a rich girlfriend and they're not wrong. Uh, but you're right. I, I, dude, I, it was the scariest, the scariest decision I've ever made in my life was the day I walked out of that, that box factory. But yet the best. And it, it, I've, I've said it many, I, I want to get the date tattooed on my arm eventually. That yeah. was the day that changed my life. Yeah. It was the day I, I walked away from my day job. Yeah. March 13, 14, 15, 2023 and March 2021, 22, 2023. We, Adam Blank, Kyle Dubay. And some other, well, I say other, I shouldn't put myself in there. Adam Blank and some other amazing (laughs) uh, comedians will be doing the You Can Use Services Comedy Nights fundraiser. Uh, There's definitely tables available. A couple big sponsorships still available. Our goal is to try to raise about 400 grand this year. And you're going to be a big part of that. Yes, sir. Um, Tell me what you're most excited about with that event coming up. You know what? It's going to sound stupid. I'm excited to make fun of people with more money than me. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but like I, I like talking to the crowd yeah. and I talk to the sponsored tables and yeah. I'm like like that's my favorite thing is like, wow, look at all these professional people and then there's me. And that's just I just love I love doing it. It's so much fun making fun of rich people. I'm Which all about is good. it. Yeah. Which is good. So, um, can you use that? 100%. Hell yes. Okay, then make it fun of rich people. Rich people got a sense of humor. Yeah, they do. They take themselves too serious and don't come to our show. Yeah. That's the way I see exactly. it. You know? Dude, that, the one the one show you had me headline, I won't say the company, but yeah. it was for a 
well-off company. Yeah. And uh, I, I knew I was going to lay into them. And I was like, man, I sure hope they have a sense of humor about yeah. this. Otherwise, they're going to sue me or well, something. Well, let's talk about that. The, the funny thing is is that they, they the one person said, don't do that. Yeah. And then I went to the head person of the company after I got to talk to this person for a while. I said, hey, my one comedian does some uh, crowd work. Do you mind if we uh, go at you a little bit? He goes, absolutely. Yeah. And I went at him. You, we had a blast. I had so much fun. They had a blast. Yeah, the they were great. The feedback was huge because people don't take themselves that seriously. Yeah. And if they do, don't go to comedy shows. That's yeah. the way I see it. Dude, dude, I've said it many times. If you... If you hire a comedian, then you've got the ability to tell us, "Hey, don't do this, don't yeah. do this." And if and if we agree to it and we take the the check, yeah, then fine. But if you just buy a ticket to a comedy club, then just just relax, just like relax. just enjoy yourself, just enjoy it. Just like people take yeah. themselves so seriously. Yeah, now. no, I agree. Adam Blank, this has been an absolute pleasure. You are an incredible guy. Uh, you've completely stolen my thunder in regards to talking to you about how important your job <laughs> is, how important I believe the stand-up uh, comedy clubs are, but I'm going to reiterate it very quickly. By all means. It has an impact on the world. You know that uh, in my life, uh, recently I've, I've had some tragedy, mm-hmm. and I will tell you that laughter, and especially at comedy clubs and hanging out with guys like you, has been some of the best, if not the best, medicine for me. And sitting around with my buddies, going to comedy shows, putting on our shows, has been incredible for me. And that's why I know how important it is. That's why I know how important your job is. So you can downplay it all you want. But thank you for having this job that has such a great purpose. Where can we find you on your socials? Uh, you can, well, despite you saying my name isn't uh, real, uh, it is. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AdamBlank17. Or you can find my podcast on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch uh, at Member the Game. Not Remember, because that stupid sports show that doesn't exist anymore took it, and I can't get them to give me the handle. So at Member the Game. they don't even exist anymore. No. Uh, or just go to RememberTheGamePodcast.com. And all my so it's Member the Game. Member the Game, not Remember. So, hey, listen, we are going to be ending all of our Relentless Podcast, Mr. Adam Blank, with um, – well, it's a total ripoff from Stephen Colbert, but we're calling it the Relentless Questionnaire. It's scientific, uh, where this will prove if you are relentless or not. Oh, God. Okay. So okay. Just, just answer some questions. All right. Just answer. And they're very simple. Okay. The last so time I did like this, they, the, last, the last time I did this, they tried to make me join the army, Kyle. So I. This uh, is not about that. Okay. This is not about that, I promise. All right. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Fruits or vegetables? Fruit. Not even a second guess. I love vegetables, but fruit's sweet. Fruit's candy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that because I'm. I like that. Yeah. Uh, city or countryside? Countryside. Oh yeah, countryside. Dude, I want to sit on my deck and just have it be quiet. Mm. That's. Yeah. Okay. A dirty bathroom or a dirty kitchen? Are you asking if I have it or what I prefer? I have both. I prefer, <laughs> I prefer dirty kitchen. Dirty bathroom's gross. Dirty dirty kitchen's just food. Dirty bathroom is who knows. It's other things. Yeah. I think I know the answer to this one. Salty or sweet? Salty. Oh yeah. Salty. All day. Dude, if you I didn't if know was, the answer because of what you said for fruits and vegetables. No, no, I know. But like if it was socially acceptable for humans to have salt licks like horses <laughs> do, I would have a salt lick. It, salt all it, day. It could be. It could be. You just don't you can't show people. No, well I, you could. No, my girlfriend keeps throwing them out. So okay. I, yeah, salt. Salty. I've never met your girlfriend. 
She Nobody did. has. No. The running joke. She, on, does the, she exist? Well, that's the running joke of my podcast is that it, I live with my mom. Yeah. And it's and I, I keep trying to convince her to come on the show, but she's scared of the internet. Yeah. And I don't blame her. Okay. So. Uh, morning or night? Morning. I'm a morning guy. I'm up by six o'clock. I'm a morning guy. Really? Yeah. Like every day? Every day. Yeah. Like, I like mornings. I weekends too? Yeah. I, I like mornings. My coffee. I read my comic books. I like Ooh. mornings. I don't know if you'll be able to answer this from what I you think said I'm failing the test. No, no, you're not. Okay. <laughs> you're not. Favorite comedy movie? Ghostbusters. Big party or small gathering? Younger big party, now small gathering. Mm, you're maturing. Yeah. <laughs> phone in the bathroom or no phone in the bathroom? Oh, phone in the bathroom. Okay. What the hell is he going to do in there? Okay. Yeah. Phone in the bathroom. Well, what did you do before you had a cell phone? Garfield comics. Okay. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm excited for this next one. Favorite love song of all time? Mm. Oh, what's it called? I know it. Um, sing it. No, I. Uh, no, you don't want me to no, sing I it. Do. That'll be the end of the show. Uh, I can't fight show. this feeling anymore. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. the one. I love that song. It's okay. a beautiful song. Okay. Almost done. Cake or pie? Pie. Last question, Adam Blank. And thank you for being here. You got it. Describe your relentless podcast experience in four words. (laughs) Uh, This was... Very good. Okay, I thought you were going to drop an F-bomb. No. Nope. Well, I will take that. No, I only have four that. words. If I had five words, I would have snuck it in there. Adam Blank, you're an incredible dude. Uh, where can we find you on your socials? At uh, Member the Game, not Remember. At Member the Game or at Adam Blank 17. Okay, and for You Can Use Services, you want information on us, definitely go to at You Can Edmonton uh, on all the different socials. And for more information, uh, go to www.youcan.ca and make sure you check out all the information as well on the You Can Use Services comedy nights that Adam and I will be doing together in March of 2023. Yeah. Adam, you're an amazing guy. I love you, brother. Thanks, buddy. Likewise. Okay, we'll talk soon. Cheers. Cheers.